Welcome, fabulous women, to the new Fabu Show. I am your host, the fabulous Doris Birch, founder of the Fab Factor. I am tuned in, tapped in, turned on to who I really am. I am here to awaken feminine leaders to their Fab Factor, the women who have always known she is different. She's called for more. She's not going to live the normal life and is going to do what it takes, no matter what it takes, until it takes to create that, all while becoming highly visible so she can make a global impact to fully step into the who she is being called to, fully tapping into the power of the feminine. Yes, she has the audacity to prioritize the feminine. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an author. I love the bling bling, thinking more fabulously bigger and doing it differently where we disrupt the status quo for women. We are rewriting the rules and we are doing it being fabulous, of course, without sacrificing our femininity, our spirituality, our personal fulfillment. The biggest question is, who are you actually? At your core, who are you? And what did you come here to do? See, many women are hiding. They are not willing to let their old selves die. They are quitting on themselves. But to create the vibrational space, to step into their new fab you next level frequency in order to begin showing up in every area of their lives, in order to find the woman you wish to become, a choice needs to be made ready to say yes to your soul and become the next level new fab you now, it's going to take some inner determination and strength. But let me tell you and allow me to be crystal clear. It takes a lot of courage to release the old and step into your next level fabulousness of truth. When you can get real about who you are and say unapologetically, here is who I am, I think this way, I feel this way, I vibrate this way, and I live on this sort of frequency and I show up this way? See, it's critical to do so if you are truly committed to having it all, a life fully by design and on your terms. In order to shift the old, become the real you, and finally break the pattern once and for all, why? Well, simply, there are still too few women who are giving themselves unapologetic permission to have a seat at the I want it all table. And there are even fewer women who truly own and command their space. See, women are making choices out of guilt or shame or blame. Women are compromising, settling. This affects everything when you sacrifice yourself and you continue to sabotage or destroy. Is it any wonder that you don't let yourself dream that dream anymore? Never mind, act on it. How do I know? Because I've lived it. I've been in that space. And it's the reason I think this must change and it must change now. Today's wave of spiritual women Owning their power is unique, rare, and one of a kind. So what New Fab You is all about is letting go of the old, the distorted, the shadow you, who you thought you had to be. 
to the new Fab you who is fully unleashed in what she says, how she shows up, how she does business, how she does life. She knows what works for her. She backs herself unapologetically. She does it. Why? It is who she is and what she was born for. She did not come here for normal. So let me ask you if you've had enough of just playing and you're ready to actually play life the way you know it's meant to be. It's time to make a decision to say goodbye to the old. It's time to stop trying to create a new you around the same old people. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old thinking. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old habits. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old departure place. You just got to say yes. Well, you don't gotta, but you do if you want to change, to be who you really are meant to be, then say yes. Yes to you. Yes to your soul. Yes to being accountable. Yes to the up level. And as I said earlier, it takes immense courage to be the real you. So enough, enough with hiding your light, enough with being less than, enough with trying to fit in, do it right, enough with saying you're different, but not showing it. It is time to give yourself unapologetic permission to be new fab you. The age of the invisible woman is over. So today, my fabulous guest is Carly Myers. So we're going to bring her on and let's get the show going. Hi, Hi, Carly. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am. I'm fabulous. and I'm hearing an echo. Uh-oh. Do you hear it? I don't hear it. Um, let okay. me see what I can do on my end. How about now? How's that echo treating you? Is it still there? Okay. That's okay. We'll work through it. Uh-oh. Okay. It may go away. But anyway, so Carly, here's the deal with me. So my new Fab you moment came when I surrendered and I let go of the last remaining bits of worrying about what people thought of me or if I was making any sense or whether they really wanted to hear what I wanted to say. And I kind of like decided and chose to just go all in on me. And the thing is, when I started to dig beneath my fears and uncertainties, I really did come to the realization that, you know what, I'm worthy. And so what moment came for you to step into what you, we call here your new Febu next level? Mm. The moment, I feel like there were so many moments, right? There was so many like times that in my life where uh, the universe, God, whatever you might call it was basically like, Carly, get, get it together here. You know, here's the, here's your sign. Here's your second sign here. Here's your 50th sign. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that, I think that for me, like the biggest 
sign, the biggest thing was, you know, when the thing that set this all in motion, I'll say, is when I was 12 years old. And, you know, when I was 12 years old, just to give you the cliff notes, I also want to just give a trigger warning uh, for those who are listening and might have PTSD. But, you know, when I was 12 years old, a man was murdered in my home. My mom was shot three times uh, by an ex-boyfriend. And for me, now my mom survived, by the way, she she wasn't supposed to. She had a 3% chance of living. She had to learn how to walk again, how to talk again, how to swallow again. That was a huge thing for her to get out of the hospital. She had to swallow. Um, but if you looked at her today, all she has is a pair of reading glasses and a slight limp. She survived. It's wild. But while she survived, I really struggled for a long time. I struggled with the symptoms of PTSD, with stress, with anxiety, with overwhelm, with night terrors, with jumpiness. I mean, you name it, I was probably struggling with it. Right. And, um, you know, it was 10 years of that, 10 years of, of the shadows, if you will. Right. And I think the moment for me uh, was, you know, I would, I finally, like for the first five years, I didn't tell anybody what was going on. I was not authentic. Let me tell you, I was just surviving right. as much as I could. And when I finally opened up with people and started saying, you know, sharing, I was struggling. I would say things like, like, hey, I'm struggling or, hey, um, I'm kind of stressed or, you know, hey, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. And I would ask people for advice and I would get the same five or so, you know, responses and it would be like, hey, Carly, have you tried therapy? Have you tried yoga? Have you tried meditation? Have you tried eating better? Have you tried getting enough sleep? Have you tried insert mainstream approach here? And the reality was, is that I was so desperate for change that I had tried all of that. Mm -hmm. And some of it worked and some of it didn't and in varying degrees. But I think the thing that shifted is that after 10 years of struggle, I finally found what worked for me. And it was this thing called creative stress reduction, which I'm sure we'll get into today. But I found the thing that worked for me. And that was the turning point. The turning point was, oh, crap, there is no one size fits all. Right. There's no one size fits all when it comes to stress management, when it comes to joy, when it comes to, you know, showing up in your life, like it's all unique to you. And at that moment, that was the moment where I was like, skirt, right? Like I was like, turn in the car. Here we go. Let's go down a different path. Let's change. Let's let's change to be who we always were meant to be. Right. So that's my the long-winded answer of what what shifted for me. No, that's very powerful and is very insightful because I, you know, that you you said the most um profound thing. We said a lot of profound things, but really is it is that whole realization when people can understand that there is no one set way. You know, there are multiple ways that all of us can can reach our um place of knowing who we really are meant to be. And then allowing that version of ourselves to show up in the world and do that next level fabulous work that we're here to do. And so, yeah, so go on in and just share with us, you know, the process that when you discovered this process, um, how did that shift you? You know, did it instantly shift you? Did it take a while? Um, how did your soul know that this was the way to go? Mm. Well, you know, I had been, you know, important pieces that I was one of the worst things that I struggled with, the hardest things, the hardest challenges that I experienced was night terrors. Um, I would have 
multiple horrific, terrifying night terrors every single night. Um, and I mean, these were so bad that I remember calling my high school boyfriend over to my house one morning after waking up, I was crying, I was shaking and I, and I call him and I'm like, I need you here and I need you here now. He drives his car over, he speeds over the knight in shining armor that he was and he throws the door back uh, and he comes in and he finds me in the stairwell crying. And I remember saying to him, like, if this is what sleep is, I never want to sleep again. I'm done. And um, so, you know, coming from that context of like, I, I that was it. I was I was ready to give up. Um, you know, the thing that finally worked for me is I found, you know, I, I mentioned earlier creative stress reduction. That's any activity that gets us out of fight, flight or freeze mode and into a state of play or flow. And right. so at the time, that for me was art. I would draw. I would draw out the things that I, I couldn't. The thought of saying or talking about some of these things out loud was just too terrifying, too terrifying, too. I didn't want to relive it, all of that. And so I started drawing out my night terrors and those really weird emotions and, and all of that. And no, it wasn't overnight. It definitely was not. But slowly but surely, my night terrors started to go away. Slowly but surely, I started to be able to show up more fully. I started to gain confidence. I started to make decisions in my life, not based out of fear, but based out of joy. Mm -hmm. That emotion that when I was younger, I would roll my eyes at because I thought it was fake thought people were just faking it till they made it and they never made it. Right. And, you know, over the years it's changed, you know, like I, I finally got to a point where I was like, Oh, this is what like silliness and goofiness and happiness and all of those beautiful states of mind are. But, you know, over the years, my creative stress reduction activities have changed. It's not. So for those of you who are listening right now and you're like, well, I'm not an artist. I can't even draw a stick figure. Right. Like, for those people, you know, it doesn't have to be art. It can be, you know, over the years it's changed for me. It's, you know, it's been gardening. It's been playing with my dog. It's been going on a hike. I have a client who who's really into formatting an Excel spreadsheet for her, for his, you know, creative stress reduction. So it can be, it can be anything. And, you know, I like that because when you start to allow yourself to um, look at it from a, from a bigger expanded way, um, then yeah, like the client who needs to release stress through an Excel spreadsheet. Whereas for me, that would cause me extreme stress. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, so it's all those things that you, that, you know, it just, long as the stress gets removed because having stress in your body is way more harmful, right? Yep. A hundred percent. It's, it's interesting. You know, the reason why, you know, the foundation of what I teach is, is to do the creative stress reduction first is because when we're in fight or flight mode, fight, flight, or freeze mode, we tend to make bad decisions. We Ooh. tend to make decisions, right? Like that are totally out of alignment. Uh, you know, it's funny. I had a client a few months ago, prime example. You know, she is, she was in a great relationship with a great man, no prior, you know, negative history, no reason not to trust him, all of this. And they're sitting down for a movie night and it's like date night. You know, they're, they're picked out a movie together. They're snuggled up on the couch and he picks up his phone cause it buzzes and he opens it up and he's texting and she can't see his phone from the angle that they're at. And immediately her fight, flight or freeze brain 
trick got triggered. She's like, he's cheating on me. Screw him. I'm out. I'm leaving. Here we go. And luckily she was, she worked, started working with me then. She's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a breather here. I'm going to go do some creative stress reduction because when she came back, she, she's like, oh, who are you texting, by the way? And he's like, oh, here, he handed, handed her his phone. He's like, yeah, uh, my daughter just had a few questions about like your meatloaf recipe or something. <laughs> it's like something completely different. But that's what fight or flight brain can do. It can make a lot of assumptions. She was ready to, you know, leave him, to throw him out to the curb. And the reality was, is that was all a result of the fight or flight um, response. Wow. Isn't that, I mean, I, you know, that's so incredible because I always call it, at least for my and for my clients, is like they have just created a story that has, it's, it's just not relevant. It's like you've just made up a story mm -hmm. um, and you're allowing it to serve you in a way that will not serve you to the highest version of who you're here to be. And so that's insightful to think about what's things triggered to create stories. Mm-hmm. Yep. A hundred percent. And it, it really all depends on our background. Like it depends on our past experiences, our past trauma. That's what, I mean, she had been cheated on before. Right. So that, you know, when she saw the phone, that was a trigger. I like to use the example of, you know, a red car might not mean anything to you, but a red car to me might mean my ex-boyfriend that cheated on me seven years ago. Right. Like, and that's every time I see a red car, it's whoosh. And so if we don't know how to man it, first of all, get to the root of those triggers, get, get, dig in, work with a therapist to dig into our past to, you know, really make sure that those don't keep triggering us. But also if we don't do the work to, um, to handle that, then we're going to continue experiencing those things. Um, and that's not, that's certainly not helping us live to our most authentic selves, to the best life that we want to live. Right. But, uh, you know, digging into that and then, you know, also how do I, how do I handle this when it, when it does come up so that it doesn't right escalate that situation that I shared earlier, it could have easily escalated to her packing up her things, leaving, moving across the country, you know, or even just going and, and breaking off the relationship with no reason. And so it's really important to mitigate whether it's the past or it's the present triggered response. Yeah. You know, and, you know, not to make light of it, but it's, it's one of the ones that, I think a lot of women at some point in some way can probably relate to in previous relationships, creating something that was not there and perfectly decent human beings break up because there's the communication isn't there and they're really basing it off of this made up story because of something that happened in the past and everybody's got to fit into that story you created. And it's so insightful to allow yourself that growth and that um, transformation to do the internal work to break through those things when you get triggered and be like, well, let me process this and let me step back and let me do what I need to do to, to, to decompress um, so I can look at it from a really objective place and really from the truth place. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's super important. And you know, it's funny like there's there's just so many uh you know, one of the things that I notice about some of our stressors, especially if they have patterns, right? Uh they like keeps coming up time and time again. There's usually one common denominator and it's almost always us, 
<laughs> right? Um, not, uh, I, I always say when someone says that to me, I, I'm always like, I feel personally attacked right now. Um, but it's true. It's so true. And so we have to figure out, okay, what what is in me that it's either allowing this behavior or creating this behavior in others? Right. So, you know, my let, let's say I have, a, you know, a fear of abandonment. Well, I also am very familiar with abandonment. So it's kind of comfortable. It's predictable. And so I keep attracting people into my life that are noncommittal or uh, or maybe we want to figure out abandonment. We're like, I'm going to make this person who's noncommittal commit. Right. And we're like trying to figure out the solutions. And then we're creating it because we just we're seeking it out. Right. Or those stories that we were talking about, we can we can start to say, like, maybe we are in a, in a great partnership with a best friend or with a romantic partner and we're afraid of abandonment. And we are constantly pointing the finger because of the stories. Right. We're saying, uh, oh, were you looking at that woman? You really. Right. And he wasn't. He was looking at the ice cream you know, parlor over there. Right. But the more times we say that they, they're like well I might as well might as well be looking at her might as well do that it's like when someone uh asks like are you mad and you're like no i'm not mad and they're like are you sure you seem mad and you're like i'm not mad and then the third time you know you're like i now i am right <laughs> i know you know well i even had that example of like accusing me of being mad just how people can be triggered by your presence or something so anyway I mean, unrelated, but sort of related. I go to top Costco to order, you know, order my son a pizza just a couple of days ago. Well, you know, we now live in a world that is requiring us to wear masks. So you can barely hear what people are communicating through these crazy yeah. things. Anyway. Like mumble. <laughs> so I'm trying to communicate and the woman can't hear me. And I'm trying to speak as clearly and going to that. And then she's like, well, you don't have to be mad about it. Well, no, you're not hearing me. You keep not hearing what I'm saying. I'm like inflecting a little, but I'm surely not mad. But she took it as me being mad. And I'm like, you not hearing me. Mm -hmm. You know, she just couldn't hear what I was saying. It was like, but it's those kind of things. And I don't know what happened to her earlier in the day or something, you know, that that was like her response was, you're mad. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you can't, you're just not hearing me. Yeah. Well, again, we go back to that perspective, right? right? I mean, she she may be in fight or flight mode, and so when when she when that person's in fight or flight mode, they're looking for all of the dangerous things, all of the things that can cause them harm. And quite frankly, this is automatic in the human mind. Like, let's say we're in Florida, right, and we're sitting on a riverbank, uh, or maybe we're walking down the riverbank, and across the river, there's an alligator or um, a snake or something. Let's go with alligator because that seems scarier, right? Yeah. And it's just sunbathing there. Our brain, it goes, oh my goodness, there's an alligator. Uh, and then it goes, how, how am I going to escape this potential situation? Right. And instead of saying, wow, this water's flowing beautifully. I'm on the other side of this bank. Look at that, that alligator. Ain't that cute? Like it's sunbathing. And then also looking at the sky and seeing how beautiful it is, right? We're not we just as as our survival mechanism, we're trained to lock in on the alligator and forget everything else. Exactly. And, and so now that we live in a different world, right? We're not like we're not hunters and gatherers anymore. 
it's up to us to say, I see you alligator. Thanks for sharing, you know, scared mind here, but also look at how beautiful the sky is. Look at this river. Look at this scenery. I'm going to enjoy this because that threat isn't a threat. It's way over there. And it's not even looking at me. It's taking a nap. So as you say that, and just using that example, so is that the work that you do with your clients? You take them from that place where they can start, can start seeing things from a different perspective and really noticing the other enjoyable things around them versus the thing that's triggering them. Is that So is that the process of your work? I would say that's a, that's a piece of it, but it's not the whole picture. You know, what I would say my process is, and this is like high level, most of the work that I do is very customized, but you know, it's get out of fight or flight mode through creative stress reduction, finding what works for you. And then when we're in a non-triggered state of mind, even if it's just for five minutes, I'm going to be realistic with you guys. It, it, you know, when we have those patterns, it can come back up, come back up, come back up. But when we're not in that triggered state, then we go and we identify, okay, what are my common triggers? What are my chronic stressors? You know, is it the boss? Is it the relationship? Is it uh, my relationship with my body? Like what is causing this stress to show up every single day or very often? And how do we strategically, when we're in that good state of mind, pull those stressors out by the root so that those things aren't chronic? There are always going to be things in life that come up that are mm -hmm. triggering, right? That we're not expecting. But, and that's where that kind of, what we were just talking about really comes in. Yeah. But it's also about setting ourselves up for success, addressing the stressors that have patterns that we can start to prevent and we can start pulling out by the roots so that when things like, let's just use the pandemic as an example, right? When things like the pandemic come up, it's right. not the straw that breaks the camel's back. It is the only stressor or one of the few stressors that we're dealing with. And we're able to cope in much more healthy ways. Right. Oh, my gosh, Carly. This work um, is amazing. Um, yeah. Life changing. <laughs> Just life changing processes for people to be able to live, you know, what I call their most fabulous life. Um, and these are things you have to work on and be conscious of. Um, to be in that conscious state of this is what I'm going to do to work on me so I can live this life more fuller. And, and that brings me joy versus being in the constant state of, you know, non-joy and living a less than fulfilling life. Cause you know, other, I mean, that's the alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought about, you know, that, that alligator example earlier, right? And and rewiring, like re shifting the way we view things. I do have a free gift that I can offer your listeners. It's downloadable. It's, you know, it talks about everything that we talked about here and it will actually walk you through an exercise that will enable you to start shifting those stories, shifting that perspective. Um, so I'll make sure that you get that, that link, Doris, so that everybody has it. But I was just thinking about that. So if that alligator exercise or that like really struck you guys, um, that's a really great uh, download and, and exercise that you can do on your own, right? Without, uh, with right now, like in this moment, no waiting. You don't have to wait to hop on the phone with either of us or talk to either of us before you get started, so. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the thing. So yes, we'll make sure we get that link out so people can get that tool uh, to support them and having their most fabulous life. Carly, oh my gosh, I absolutely love having you on the show. The time goes by so fast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> really so, does. 
do you have some closing thoughts you would like to leave? Mm, you know, I think that just considering the world that we're in right now, there's a lot going on on social media. There's a lot of folks with opinions, one of which sounds something like this. If you don't get out of quarantine with a new side hustle, with a new skill, or with a new certification, it's not time you lack, but it's discipline. I'm calling complete another bull bleep on that because it's just not true, right? If we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and if, you, if you're not familiar with that, I encourage you to Google it, but it's a pyramid, right? right? Our basic needs, physical needs at the bottom, right? Food, water, shelter, clean air to breathe, safety needs, right? That's all about our health and then our relationships, our self-esteem. And then at the very top is self-actualization. Before this pandemic started, before we were in the situation, many of us were further along. We were like, you know, how do I make friends, right? We were like further along on that pyramid. Mm -hmm. How do I become, and maybe we're at the self-actualization, right? How do I become the best version of myself? But I want to give everyone permission. If you are back at how am I going to put groceries on the, you know, in the fridge, how am I going to put food on the table or how am I going to make my mortgage? Or if, even if you're not there and you're at, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to get sick or a family member is going to get sick. That's okay. Right. It's okay to focus just on the basics back to the basics here. Um, we don't have to get that new skill, that new certification. We don't have to do all of those crazy things. It's about making sure that we are taken care of so that we can get to that place. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I, I actually just look at this time really as an awakening for all of us on the planet. And, you know, however that awakening needs to really come for each of us, um, you know, sitting back. I mean, for me, I know one of the biggest things out of this, which was quite surprising, um, was that I came to the realization about some things that I just wasn't paying attention to, you know, because I was so inundated with so many other things that I was just on. A, I mean, I was literally just on autopilot doing everything on autopilot. And then I finally had to sit down like, oh, I, I wasn't paying attention. Oh my gosh, you know, and that was insightful. And it was like, how many other people are just on autopilot with the life mm -hmm. that we're living and you're not paying attention to some things that are trying to get your attention. Um, and this moment gave me that, that time to be like, oh, let me stop and really mm -hmm. pay attention. Uh, so that was, I was, I'm grateful for that. And yeah, you know, it, you see all kind of stuff on social media, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah because we could you know, go <laughs> yeah we could talk about that for days <laughs> we could talk about it for days but anyway enjoy the rest of your amazing day thank you for being our fabulous guest today and we'll make sure we get and give me your link to the gift and um bye bye everybody Thank you, everybody, for joining me today for this episode of the new Fab You Show. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I would love it if you would leave us a review. We are on Apple Podcasts. You can find us at newfabyoushowpodcast.com. And I would love to hear from you. And join me in this conversation. You can find me here on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And just head over to um, newfabuseshowpodcast.com again and subscribe. Or if you want to find out my why, you can find out that at thefabfactor.com. The new Fab You Show is the elevated, unapologetic permission conversation for women leaders. And I'm honored you tuned in. Bye. Oh.